<laughs> welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. As usual, my honor is to welcome our guests, but I wanted to stop first and just express my thankfulness for a couple of things I deem very expensive time. I really honor time. I've learned how to love it and be a part of my life and respect and give time honor. Each and every one of us have been given 24 hours. What we do with that 24 hours will speak volumes of who you are. The other is the journey. The journey has so much. It So much information is there that created us, the power that the individual is today. And so we want to give honor to Alice for coming and sharing both of these very expensive commodities here with us at Threads of Enlightenment. Alice, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for inviting me. I do appreciate it. Is it is an honor. I'm excited to have I a know. chat. I know. Later, folks, we'll tell you what happened, we, what we've been doing. But um, uh, tell the folks, how do you serve, Alice? Because I've been telling them that this is a position in life that one must strive to to get to because it's a it's restful, there's joy, there's much there. And I would love to have them come and experience it. So how do you serve mankind? Well, I am serving through the book that I've recently published. Um, basically, it's, it's my story of um, a really transformational uh, event that happened to me. And it's, it's something that's very universal. Obviously, I'm telling my story. Um, and uh, but it's a very universal, many universal events like uh, divorce, uh, losing my adopted children, um, getting sections in a mental hospital, being attracting somebody into my life that was um, very negative, and then transforming all of that into my new life, which now I live in Bali, and I've learned sound healing. I've come back to sound and writing songs and playing the harmonium and singing mantra. So all of these things that, that I've discovered through what happened to me, through starting a whole new life. And... During the process, I mean, as soon as the initial event happened, which was very sudden, happened in 2014, um, basically my life changed overnight. So it was like quite a complex situation, complex trauma to deal with, yeah. stress, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, but I knew, I, you know, because I had a sort of spiritual opening, uh, and I knew because I was told by spirit that I was going to be okay and that there was a gift in my experience. So that carried me through um, all the events that happened later, which I obviously had no idea were going to happen. Um, but yes, yeah, so um, that's how I'm serving, is I'm sharing my experience and connecting others. And, um, you know, through what I've learned about how we're all creative and how being creative is such an important part of our lives because it connects us to our true self, to our soul, which we're all creative beings. And by doing that, it brings us the most joy, you know, we could have. And um, it helps other people, brings more harmony in, into our lives. So, yeah, sound healing has been a major modality that's helped me through. And also using the voice and singing, you know, it's so liberating. It's so much freedom in, um, in singing and, you know, speaking your truth and yeah, I mean, I knew I had to write the book, and I did write it quite quickly. But actually, putting it out to the world, it took me seven years. But that's okay because yeah. uh, I came through and I've done it. 
and I'm very happy now I have done it. But I was, um, yeah, that was a process to come through. Yeah, well. Pregnancy, when one is pregnant with things, uh, you just have to um, allow the growth of that life. And uh, when it's time, it will come forth. One of our customs here, uh, Alice, is to go back into the time machine, as they say, and revisit one of the very first spaces that we occupy as individuals while we're moving through life. And that space is the family. We're there residing for a few years, you know, maybe until our 20s and so forth. And then we move forward in our life to create our world. Invite us to your family unit. What was that like? Well, I was the youngest, or I am, uh, the youngest of six, six wow. children. My mother loved children, and um, she had six children. So, um, so yeah, I was the youngest of six, and we lived in a, well, it was actually technically a village in, in Hampshire, mm. in England, where I was brought up. And, um, yeah, I had kind of a lot yeah. of parenting. I had my parents' <laughs> parenting, and I had my siblings' yeah. parenting. Um, at least three of them, I would say. Um, but yeah, I had a sort of Catholic upbringing. So, you know, church every week and Catholic schools. And um, yeah, so I was sort of a Catholic yeah. bubble, really. And um, but yeah, a lot of play, a lot of riding my bike and roller skating and, and living out in nature, you know, with trees and, you know, nature and the beach. And so, yeah, very sort of, uh, I don't remember that much, but it seemed pretty carefree playing with my dolls and my doll's house and all these things and living in an imaginary world, yeah. really, which I <laughs> So here is this girl that has been surrounded by parenting, mom and dad and your three siblings, and you're having a good time and you're moving through your life, you're growing. You're now in your, your teens, you're in school. Having all of that parenting and the freedom that you've expressed, how was this young girl in relations to others? How did she interact with those that are in high school? Yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, I was quite shy, um, but I had friends and, uh, yeah, I was pretty happy at school until I got to about mm -hmm. 13. And then... Then I do remember my next door neighbor died, and I think that had an effect upon me. Um, and then I didn't really mm. like school that much. Um, and uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was excited to leave school and actually leave home and move, yeah. move away, and move to London. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, re I mean, I rebelled. I mean, I had spiky hair. I don't think that's really <laughs> rebellious. But um, <laughs> but I guess they yeah. thought it was. Um, so yeah. the death of this neighbor, you said, was impactful to this young girl that caused her yeah. even to make some drastic changes. What did it do to you to cause that drastic change? Yeah, I mean, I'd known her since I was, a, obviously, you know, since I was a baby. So she'd always yeah. been around. And it would have been always somebody that really loved me. And she used to put plasters when I got, you know, cuts yeah. and things like this. So, uh, yeah, I guess it sort of disillusioned me and made me feel depressed because no one really spoke about her anymore. And um, 
although we weren't living next door to her anymore, we had moved a few miles away, I, I did feel a huge sense of loss and um, kind of disillusionment, yeah. I guess. Disillusionment. Which came out with... in my behavior. Who was it with? Because you being a part of the church. Well, with life, and, um, I guess. You know, yeah. With life. Oh. With just life, I think. I don't think I blame the church or yeah. religion. It was just, I just felt this enormous sense of loss and I didn't yeah. know how to deal with it. I think that was Okay, here's. I felt a sense yeah. of loss. Wow. Here you are. You have lost someone precious and you guys moved. And moving to that new lo location. Uh, you said that you were you were the rebel uh, in the sense that you dressed a little different and they think thought you were the rebel. When you went onto your own, um, what was that like when you began to step on the the, um, the stage, if you will, on your own apart from your family? Yeah, I mean, I felt quite strong really because I was the youngest of six. Everyone was older than me. I, I, you know. The, Actually, most everyone had left yeah. home anyway, gone to university or gone to get a job. So it felt normal. I was, couldn't wait to be yeah. a grown up and, and get out there in the world. So I moved to London and I got a job. Well, before I left, I got a job in a hotel doing reception. Mm -hmm. And uh, my boyfriend had moved up to London too. So actually, I I mean, I suppose I maybe I wasn't as confident as I thought, but I was determined and I just thought this is what we do and... You know, it was exciting to live in London, and yeah, I lived there for twenty-five wow. years. So it was the right place for so me. So twenty-five years here, you are. You've lived in London. You're in the right place. What happened? Because you're living in a totally different place now. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot happened in between time. I can tell you. I mean, I don't know which part you want to know about. We'll, we'll but, take um, the beginning of it. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Okay, well, the beginning of where, yeah. of, of how I got here. Well, basically, I had to start yeah. life again. I've had, a, I mean, I feel like I've had many lives in one Why life. did you have to start uh, life again, Alice? In why, why did you have to start life again? Because, um, because obviously, I, I was married, not obviously, yeah. but I was married, and I've been married for five years. And, um, yeah, my husband woke me up one morning and said that he didn't want to have the children or myself. We were adopting, we'd been going through a two-year process to have two adopted children, yeah. two siblings, and basically he changed his mind and uh, and he didn't want me or the children. So it was a huge, huge shock. Um, I knew he had been acting a little, you know, stressed, but, you know, they say, all the social workers say, it's the most stressful time of your life going through this period of adoption when you're just about to meet them and integrate into yeah. your life. So it's completely normal, you know. And also his father had Alzheimer's. So there was a lot of stress around that. So, you know, um, yeah. So basically, literally that day, my life changed. And he went off to work after telling me. Um, and basically, yeah, I had to find my way, uh, which took a few years. But I always had this vision that I would find a new yeah. place. Um, and I loved being over the other side of the world. In, you know, I travelled around Asia and Australia. And so, yeah, I went yeah. travelling um, in 2016. Mm -hmm. And um, I went to Nepal, saw my sister there, travelled around southern India. And then it, I had to find somewhere to come to. So Bali, I'd been here yeah. twice before. In fact, I had honeymooned here. 
And so I came back to Bali and Bali was just the right place, the right time. And everything just flowed into place. And I didn't know how, I didn't say, think I was going to yeah. live here forever. Or, I still yeah. don't know that. But, but anyway, I ended up staying here for six years and I'm still yeah. here. So here you, you are, traumatic situation with um, losing a husband and a family that you were uh, emotionally mm-hmm. were expecting. And that trauma sent you off to travel and experience life. And um, you landed in, in Bali and here you are in Bali. I'm sure you're still um, navigating those emotions and so forth and uh, uh, looking at your life. What did you see, Alice, when you began to look at yourself here in Bali, um, a new world? Uh, How did this young girl, this woman, saw herself? Um, Yeah, basically, I, I just love the frequency of being here. There's something special, which I came here when I was in my thirties mm-hmm. and I loved it. So it was something that drew me back when I got engaged and got married and had my honeymoon. And basically it's the, it was the energy. It was the frequency. It was, um, the beauty. Um, and to me, Bali feels quite mm-hmm. magical. Um, going to the temples and having blessings and the, just the rivers and the trees and, and just the whole energy because everyone is always praying and doing offerings. So it creates this very intentional energy, which when you come here, you can feel mm-hmm. it. So it's sort of, you know, I think Bali is a place where you come and it holds you or it says, sorry, you know, yeah. you need to go. And so I went to... Uh, a tarot reader, and she said to me, you've had a past life here, you can live here, you know, Bali will have you because you've been here before. So, I mean, it seems to be the right, seems to be the case. Um, Bali does yeah. hold me. Yeah. So here you are in, in, it's very healing. in yes. Bali healing, and it's holding you and cuddling you, as they say. And uh, you are looking at your life, and you're amongst the energy of all of the um, meditators and all the different energetic uh, practices that you see in the spiritual world. What began to happen to you as an individual amongst all of that um, energetic movement and the comfort of Bali? Yeah, I mean, it just allowed me to calm it allowed me to come to a sense of peace and and it allowed me to explore um you know i came across the pyramids of chi where you have sound healings and i would go there regularly and having the sound going through my body it sort of um it just allowed me to release a lot of the tension that i've been Mm -hmm. holding and a lot of the trauma that and the grief uh, that that you know I was experiencing, so it brought me beauty. Being here, it brought me sound. You know, uh, I, I used to go to Kirtan, so I did a lot of yeah. singing, so a lot of expressing, and um, yeah, it basically gave me a whole new life. Right. So, in this new life, what were some of those things that you discovered that you brought with you that you had to give up some of those? Um, beliefs, if you will, when you were uh, dealing with the music and having that energy 
uh, transform you? What did you see and the trauma that caused in, you know, because those are some serious traumas, Alice, that you have to uncover mm. and yet deal with it to allow it, deal with it in the sense that you're allowing it to be released out of you. How uh, was it uh, just the music or did you bring other tools into your life to assist you as you discover those those traumas? Yeah, I mean, I also did a lot of yeah. breath work, a lot of group breath work, which really helped a lot. Um, I mean, basically, I mean, I wrote the book in the UK in 2015, but everything in the book, it sort of shows what I did to get me through my experience. Yeah. So, I mean, journaling was a very key thing that I did um, because by writing, I could express myself. By writing, I could write through a panic attack or whatever was happening to me. Um, a friend of the family said to me when, when you know, a sort of a week after the trauma, he said he was going to help me. And he said, right, you need to get a book. You need to write everything down that's happening to you and, and put a date on it. And that is evidence of what you're doing and how you're feeling. So, so I did. I mean, I'd already journaled before, but this journaling was a way of self-expression, was a way of trying to unravel and understand how this thing could possibly happen to me, you know. Um, I mean, obviously, I understand people have affairs and people change their mind. I understand yeah. that. Um, and that's okay. Um, but it was just the day before when I felt such a spiritual connection to the children yeah. that to lose that and not become a mother because of that. And, uh, yeah, you know, that was, I was also losing the opportunity to be a mother, which was, you know, obviously um, a very difficult emotional experience to, to you know, obviously that's, that's part's taken yeah. me years. And now I can see the benefits and maybe I wasn't meant to, to, to be that because obviously it hasn't happened. But also... Um, yeah, I've come to accept that that's okay. I mean, obviously, society, like you said earlier, it programs us into, oh, you need to be married by this time, you need to have children, you need to have a good job, you need to have a house, you need to have this, you need to have that, you know. And to come away from all of that expectation or judgment from the Western world to come and live here, to be yeah. free from, from all of that, Um yeah, it was very liberating. And also writing, like writing my story was obviously very liberating for me. Sharing it was another level of um, uh, yeah. acceptance. Yeah, because knowing my story for me yeah. was okay. Telling other people, sometimes it was okay for them, yeah. sometimes it wasn't. Um, but actually putting it out, um, then I really had to... You know, uh, I had to really feel like I really am sharing something very personal. But but now I feel okay about it, which is it's amazing how you can change. It's amazing within six months when I first put it out, I was like, am I crazy doing this, telling people what happened to me, my most personal things? I, I like to be private. <laughs> I like my privacy, you know. And then it's like, but actually I feel like maybe that's the way it needed to be that I needed to um, really give something of yeah. myself, you know, not just hide away and, yes, that happened to me, yes, you know, uh, but instead of actually sharing it, it's another level of 
creativity and yeah. connection, which is what I feel are two really important points when it comes to uh, navigating life and uh, difficult experiences yeah. that we all yeah, experience. You mentioned several tools that utilize uh, people can utilize. The journaling, I remember when someone had told me to do that and um, I had just gotten through a breakup. And I remember reading that uh, several years later and I was like, oh my God, that boy was a mess, <laughs> you know? And it was really insightful to see where I came from and what happened to yeah. and look back and see that brokenness um, that took place. But uh, it is one of the most powerful tools that one can utilize in order to help assist them in their personal growth. Um, chanting and the music, of course, is one of the most powerful out there. When you began to uh, chant and different things like that, if you understand the purpose of it, it can put you in certain states. And when you're in those states, you can travel, you can communicate you you can all kinds of stuff happens when you are in that state and usually when the uh, because of how we are and when you're chanting and stuff like that the repetition of the sound will escort you into that space of the spiritual realm if you will and so um, those are tools that are uh, that Alice is talking about that she brought into her space to assist her to move from darkness to light and freedom, as she mentioned. So here you are, this girl, this woman, actually, she has experienced much. She lost um, uh, one of the things, as you stated, you wanted to be a mom and to have that uh, taken away from you, you had to heal from that trauma. Um, talk to us about that because there's women out there that have bought into the programming and many of them may have wanted kids but they're apprehensive about it and there's much disturbance within themselves can you speak to that alice to help that woman to come into a space of rest Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's quite a lot to ask, really. It's very individual. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm always, uh, when, when say some of my friends who've never wanted to have children, sometimes I really feel like, God, they're so yeah. lucky, you know, because like, it's something we don't have a choice. Well, we do have a choice. I mean, you know, a lot of people choose, they can just get pregnant with someone and then they can just bring their child yeah. up alone. And, and you know that's great and and you know you can still have a child you know if you want to through you know artificial dissemination or whatever um and people you know i know people that have done that too um but for me i wanted to have the person the partner so uh and the relationship yeah. um and so you can't always you know you can't always plan to have that yeah yeah so, um, you know, I feel that if people do want to have children and they can, that they can have them on their own, move into community with others. You know, that that is all very possible because I know there's something about really wanting to have a child. You can't really, I don't think I could even speak to that because it's so individual. Yeah. And I really, 
you know everyone is individual on that and uh it's such a it's such a deep feeling um yeah. it's such a personal feeling um yeah i i don't i don't know if i can really speak to it. i can i mean i can only speak about myself and uh you know there's a lot of fear about actually having a child as well i mean society yeah. the way you know it's so medicalized i don't know if that's a word actually but anyway um <laughs> That, that you know that's very operating the way the whole way that that um that it's been created in the western world is is yeah. is so negative as well you know i mean i think you know the reason why i was going to have children later was because my siblings uh and my best friend and so many people i know had such bad experiences of childbirth yeah. that um it really actually put me off so um you know early on when i was younger i yeah. thought oh no i'm not ready for that no, i won't be ready <laughs> that till i'm older you know thinking yeah. in the 30s that's when i'm going to be about ready and yeah, then of course yeah. i split up with my boyfriend then so yeah i mean it, it's it's something you can't really plan yeah, and yeah. um i think there's a lot of uh people not wanting to connect and actually make that commitment in relationships so a lot of people don't want to have children for that reason too. So, yeah. 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 Hear this woman now. She has gone through much and you did speak to it. It's <laughs> um, uh, in your own way. You made your contribution and I thank you for it. So here you are, you are journaling and you're experiencing all of these changes as a woman coming from Western world, walking into the um, Asian uh, type of, mentality of living and life and incorporating all of this and you're on a, this beautiful island that has accepted you and you are growing energetically everything is great and uh, you are now uh, as they say as you're growing and that growing is always an expansion there's much pain in that growing so as you are learning about you talents and uh, within all of this stuff that's happening there on the island. Uh, how did you start relating to others, to people uh, outside of you? Yeah, um, that's a good point because in the UK I felt quite isolated. I felt, um, you know, I felt it was quite difficult to, to relate to people. Um, but here there's so many like-minded yeah. people. Um, because obviously I was, I was, you know, I loved mantra. I mean, literally, I would say when I was in the UK uh, for the first week, I was singing mantra yeah. all night. So like you said about going off into other realms, yes, I yeah. did. And I was connected to, to the other world, uh, worlds. Um, but yeah, here there's so many, um, there's so many single women. So that makes it really easy to connect because we have a lot in common. And a lot of women come here to heal. A lot of women come here to to start a new life, um, but but not feeling yeah. different yeah. from them, uh, from you know, from the foreigners that come here. You know, I felt like I was in the right place because everyone had yeah. a story. Okay. Everyone had a story of something: illness, breakup, blah blah blah. So it felt like, oh, I, I'm normal here. <laughs> you know, this is nothing unusual. So that's always good when you when you feel like. You're yeah. like others, you know, in that sense. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I have uh, President Lightman is to let those that are listening feel that you are, there's others. 
you know, you're not alone and that in listening to the podcast, you can gain some insights to remind you that you're not alone and not to give up uh, because you're so beautiful. There's so much depth about you and richness about you that I would, uh, I want you to experience that. So that's one of the reasons why we created this little space so you can realize you're not alone. So here you are. You found your tribe, if you will. And finding one's tribe always helps propel you in your growth. And as you are now looking, you said it took you seven years to finalize the book. Talk to us, Alice, about the genesis of that. I know that it's usually micro crumbs that will lead to it. But then there's this moment when one decides, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. But sometimes we go through all this dance. What was that like as you are coming up to the fact that I'm going to write this book? Because now you are going to write it. But in writing, one must become vulnerable. You have to tell all the dark stuff. And becoming vulnerable, it takes a lot of courage. But sometimes in some of us, it takes us a little while to get there. What was your journey like? in that process. It's quite long, <laughs> as you can see. <laughs> but but it, it but it all came out at the right time. Yeah, I mean it was it was difficult for me. Um I mean I wrote the book, like I said, I wrote the first draft of all the chapters in, in twenty fifteen because I couldn't believe what had happened to me. I, I thought it's like that's not me. You know, I, I really, really had to cement what had happened because I thought I wouldn't yeah. even believe myself. It was it was it was like I'd mm. entered a movie for like eight nine months. So um, yeah, so rereading the book and writing it and rereading the chapters and changing them. You know, I spent many years on and off doing this, but I would get quite traumatized by reading what yeah. happened to me. It was bringing it up constantly to me. So I think that was also like people say, "Oh, was it cathartic?" Well, I mean. Ugh, Yes, but I mean, it's just like, it's, it's just, it was difficult. It was like I was reliving it every time. So and I was thinking, oh, I don't want to be sharing this with people, but I knew I had to be authentic and I, I knew yeah. I had to do it. And as much as I tried to not yeah. do it, <laughs> I knew that one day I would, you know. And, uh, and I gave myself a hard time about it. And, but then eventually, I, I, my editor friend in the UK who I used to work with, I said, look, will you edit it? Because you know what, I, I just need an editor now. I need somebody to look at it because I, I, I'm sort of, I'm confused yeah. now. I, I don't know if I should put it out, but I, I trusted her. I was like, well, look, here it is. And, um, and she read it and she started editing it and she was like, there's a lot of trauma yeah. in here, you know. And, uh, and I was like, yes, well, we can sort of, there are some good bits and happy <laughs> bits, you know. But but no, but she did a she did a wonderful job editing it, and even just rereading it. Obviously, I've read it so many times, I can't tell you. But but what actually I found interesting is like the last ten readings, uh, even yeah. I put it out. So I kept trying to read it from different angles. Like, what would my family read if they read this? What would be? Or how you know? I was just trying to imagine it from you know, trying yeah. to be different people. And but every time I read it, I noticed something else. I noticed another story within mm -hmm. the story that I didn't even know yeah. that I'd written. So 
I found that really, really interesting um, that there, it, that it was multidimensional. Yeah. I mean, we're yep, multidimensional, and the story is multidimensional. So you can read it on whatever level yeah. you want or whatever layer. I mean, there's the obvious layer of the story, but there's other layers in there. And um, yeah, that only came to me in 2020 yeah. that I realized there are other layers to it, deeper layers, more universal layers. So um, yeah. I hope that yeah. answers your question. How did you move through it, um, Alice, when you were reading those traumatic moments um, after writing it down? And in many cases, you probably thought that you had dealt with it. And then here you are reading it and looking at it and having to move through. How did you do it since you were being traumatized uh, repeatedly? How did you move through now where you're, you made a statement that in the last 10 readings, you didn't basically see the trauma, you just saw additional aspects of it, uh, deeper uh, aspects. So how did you move through? Well, I think I saw other aspects because I actually, it, it, I became sort of, it's like anything. When you read something, it has a less of an impact on you. You're seeing it more as a reader. You're not seeing it as like, that's me in pain. Because it, the pain had been worked through in so many levels. Um, the pain that was coming through then was like, now other people are going to read it. I'm going to allow other people to read what yeah. happened to me. So that, that was a level of pain. Um, but to work through it as, you know, I mean, different modalities are lots of massage, lots of, um, you know, like I said, breath work, sound journeys, all these ways of, of bringing everything out of me and um, making me really delve deep into into who who I am. And, you know, I came to, I'm a completely yeah. different person now. I, you know, I, there's nothing yeah. wrong with me. You know, I've had an experience that, that, that was, you know, parts of it were amazing. The connection I had with spirit and what was going on there. Um, but has, has made me more of who I am, the person I needed to be. And I, I believe that everything that happens to us, whether it's a breakup or a redirection, a re, you know, a redirection in our career or anything, is, is just showing us that that's where we need to be, you know. It's otherwise we would just be stuck and we'd just live this life. We'd never do anything. We'd just be doing, you know, be trapped in the wheel of mm -hmm. the rat race and we would never be out of it. So... It gave me a lot of freedom and, um, yeah, to discover, you know, the depth of me is so much greater, you know, uh, than the depth of feeling. It's like what I always think is like, you know, feel it's like when you've experienced death, like, you know, death of my father in my 30s, and when you've experienced deep yeah. pain and deep loss, then your capacity to love is, is greater. It's, it's yeah. infinite. Because you have, you know, everything has come through me, through you. You know, I mean, I remember feeling, or I was, I wasn't even like I was out of my body. I, a grain of sand, I wasn't yeah. even that big. You know, I mean, I was just everything was stripped mm -hmm. away. Um, back, you know, in twenty fourteen, everything was disappeared, and including, you know, 
what was um, deemed, you know, that that, that I needed to be yeah. sectioned um, because of my grief, you know, because I felt it yeah. so deeply. I felt such a deep connection. I, I could not assimilate the, the change because yeah. it was so sudden, you know, being told whilst half asleep in bed. I mean, there was... I was in another, you know, half of me was in one world, half of me was in the this physical world, and the other half was in a whole different yeah. realm. So here you are, you've gone through much, Alice. You've, um, the darkness, I tell people, they're designed to to awaken the uh, sleeper within us, and that sleeper is the, the creator. Uh, you get in contact with your soul, um, usually then, you know, your mind, your natural uh, mind, you're living life that out of that realm. Uh, but when you are in darkness, you have the subconscious mind that is your soul, and you need to have a conversation with yourself. That's one of the most powerful encounters you'll have, ever, 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 ever have on this planet. And when you get a chance to love that individual and give that individual permission to now guide you, your life will change. Uh, things will begin to manifest. Uh, you will learn more about you, you understand certain things, and then you move through. And, you know, we are uh, not perfect, and I don't want to be. Um, in my mind, mm -hmm. perfection is the enemy of personal development. If I'm perfect, I don't need to do anything else. So I love my imperfectness because it gives me the opportunity mm -hmm. to um, to dig deeper and to find out more. And all of you folks who have been listening to Alice's journey um, that have uh, experienced extreme trauma, especially so sudden when it comes to your family, uh, everything that you held uh, and you're told that is how you ought to be, when it's ripped away from you, how she was able to put her life together by allowing certain changes. And uh, I want you guys, I'm going to provide everything for Alice so you guys can get her book. Get that book because that book housed within it is power. I always say to people that uh, when you're reading, uh, read with purpose. Uh, find a place by which you are going to put yourself in a state of to receive. In that state, have your favorite tea or coffee or whatever your favorite uh, thing. But it puts you in a state of relaxation. And when you're there, uh, the mind, they teach us, is that the theta brain waves begin to become and get you in a state. And when you read, those words will jump from one page straight into you and change your life. And I have a woman, and I know she didn't go into a lot of things, but they're in that book. And I want you guys to purchase that book so that you can get deepness of who she is and what she has done and where she has come from. Alice, I want to thank you so much for coming to Friends of Enlightenment. Thank you so much. Thank you. It, it's, it's an honor. Chat. <laughs>